what these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. People, welcome into Buckets Action Network's daily NBA betting podcast. We're in the workshop Friday NBA slate, but it's not me and Matt Moore. Matt Moore is off. He's over there at the Nuggets game, hanging out, going to see his guy Jokic. So my brother, they they get they went they went back to last year's Bucket Squad. Joe Delera, JD is with me. Jay, how you feeling, baby? Dude, we're good. We're doing good. It's nice to have the squad back together. So we're gonna have a nice episode here. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Of course, we're going to give you our best bet for the Friday NBA slate. Then we're going to talk about NBA Rookie of the Year. That board is very interesting. It flipped on its head last night coming off of Victor Wimbanyama's massive game versus the Lakers. We'll also talk about some fringe teams that are potentially right around that even money mark to make the playoffs, the Golden State Warriors, the Pelicans. We'll talk a little Chicago Bulls as well. Don't forget it. We're Presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Also, don't forget, go download the Action Network app. Anything you need to know about sports betting is in that app. Bull season is here on the college football side. NFL's closing up. NFL Week 15, we're going into the playoffs. Of course, the daily NBA stuff is all there. Joe Delaire is always writing, always giving out picks. Go follow us, the rest of the guys, and download the Action Network app. All right, you guys know the routine. We give our best bets, we give the cap, and we get out of here, and we'll talk a little futures before we let you guys go. Joe Delera, JD, the family man, the suburb man, the new house man, got everything going. What are you looking at for the Friday NBA slate? That's a great intro there, man. Uh, we got we got the Knicks plus five and a half. We got Julius Randle over eight and a half boards. Jabari Smith over 12 and a half points. And Wemby over two and a half blocks. That'll round out this slate for now. Yeah, I love it. You know, Joe Delaire was going to come with multiple plays for the people on a Friday. I got one and I'm going to San Antonio for Spurs, Lakers. I'm going to go Keldon Johnson over 24 and a half points plus rebounds. All right, J.D., Joe Delera. I'm coming right back to you. Talk to me about the Knicks. We'll start there in Phoenix, catching five and a half. Dude, you know, you know, like you and I both like I, I love my Knicks and I try to not be biased here, but the five and a half seems too much. Like I texted you before we recorded. I was like, this line's a lot for me right now. Uh, look, obviously the Knicks, they miss Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson is instrumental to this team's success in terms of their offense, their defense with the offensive rebounds, what he can do on the glass. Uh, but I think that in this particular matchup, I'm not as worried about Mitch just because I don't think that Nurk is the type of center that can really take full advantage of the fact that Mitch Robinson might not be there. Uh, we've got Jericho Sims in the starting lineup. That's the looks like the way Tibbs wants to go. And we continue to bring Isaiah Hartenstein off the bench, which I like. I, I like that he's kind of continued to excel in that role. I like keeping him there. Uh, but when I look at this for the full season, obviously there's no Mitch. Uh, so this number is a little bit impacted, but in terms of adjusted net rating, Knicks are plus 2.2. The Suns are plus one. 
1.4. Phoenix has had a variety of guys in and out, in and out, in and out. But I think that that speaks to the continuity of this team. And Phoenix, you know, they really have not had a ton of minutes together. Um, and they looked pretty good, but they also still got pushed like right to the brink. And they, they pushed on the opener uh, against the Warriors on that meaningless bucket at the end. But look, I don't think the Warriors are that good. So, like, even though the the lineup of their big three, like the minutes that Beal, Booker, and Durant shared on the floor, they were plus 30 in terms of their, like, 100-point, like, net rating type of deal, I, I'm I'm skeptical because I don't think that the Warriors are that good. And Draymond Green got ejected in that game, so there's a lot going on there, uh, there right? But I think that for the Knicks... Part of why I like this matchup is they can just, I think, really like eviscerate what the Suns do defensively here. Phoenix not necessarily a great defensive team uh, over the course of the season. Bradley Beal's not making that any better. Um, so I think the Knicks are going to be able to take advantage of that. You have Brunson who can slice and dice this defense up, and Julius Randle has looked great. Uh, and it kind of goes into the one prop play that I've got of Randall over eight and a half boards. He's hit this in 75% of games without Mitchell Robinson over the last two seasons, averaging 10.1 rebounds per game. You can get a double, double at plus money here too. I really like this spot for him uh, in part because he's been attacking the rack and like, he's really been driving to the cup a lot more lately. And I think that gives him an opportunity to get a couple more of those like self, like offensive boards or like some little cheap ones too. So I do really like that. And Phoenix takes so many mid range shots. That rebound is going to bounce right in his wheelhouse. Like he's chilling out in the paint. So I like Randall over eight and a half boards. And I like the Knicks to, uh, to keep it close at the plus five and a half. Yeah, I like it. The Knicks are coming off three or four losses. They're coming off a bad loss versus Utah. The the Beal, Booker, KD triple threat finally showed up, but Beal is still working his way in. He was a minus 11 in that game versus the Nets. So this is a good spot for the Knicks to compete and at least keep it close. I would look at the first half before the full game here, but I do think it's going to be a tight game. I do want to talk about Julius Randle and what he's been doing because Delaire, you hit it on the head. Forget about all that, hanging out on the perimeter, getting jump shots up. Julius Randle has been absolutely attacking the rim and having tons of success. Listen to some of these attempts and numbers for Julius Randle versus uh, Utah the other night in an L, but he's 14 of 23, 61% from the floor. In the W versus the Raptors, 14 of 21. And these are all with minimal three-point shots attempted. And four of his last five, he's taken four or less threes. If you go back to uh, Milwaukee on Tuesday, 14 of 19, 74% from the three, and he got to the line 12 times. That's when you start being seeing these inflated offensive numbers at 41 points. So if you go back to uh, to November, Julius Randle was taking – Six threes a game, and up now in December, he's taken 3.8. So he's been attacking the rim and getting to the basket and doing what Julius Randle does and just imposing his will, and it's been working out really well for Julius. Now, they just got to get rolling on the road. The Knicks have been having a bit of a, a bit of a hard time away from Madison Square Garden, but also they've been playing one of the toughest schedules in the NBA and have one of the toughest remaining schedules in the NBA. It's not going to get any easier for the Knicks here. So they got to buckle down and figure out how they're going to beat some of the best teams in the NBA. Five and a half coming off a loss. 
Brunson had a bad game, probably one of his worst games for the Knicks against the Utah Jazz. I expect him to bounce back. Five and a half is hefty for a team that's trying to still get things rolling. But Booker and Durant have been playing extremely lights out. But uh, we'll see where it goes. Also, before I, cl- before I close out and talk about Randall, it's just overall a really good matchup against the Phoenix Suns. They're yeah. towards the bottom of the league in opponent offensive rebounds. That's where Julius Randle is going to do a lot of work on putbacks. They give up 26 points per game to the power forward position. That's 25th in the NBA behind Dallas and Atlanta, some other teams that are soft inside. The Pacers, of course, are number one at almost 29 points allowed to the bigs down there. And then when we talk about opponent points per game in the paint, the Phoenix Suns are down there at 22nd at 53 points allowed per game. So this is a spot where Julius Randle can definitely get busy, Joe. Yeah, no, I love it. And like those numbers are staggering for Phoenix when you really think about it too, considering they play at a really slow pace. Um, The Knicks do as well, but like they're giving up numbers to that position and they're still playing slow. Like when you hear the Pacers, the Pacers play at a blitz. They play so fast and like Phoenix is right there with them. So it's a great matchup for Randall. Yeah, absolutely. All right, talk talk me through uh, some more of these props and uh, we'll break them down. All right, word. So I like Jabari Smith over 12 and a half points. They're running. We got a lot of these games that are like kind of the the same matchup as Wednesday. We got a lot of these duplex spots. This is another spot. Jabari Smith uh, against the Memphis Grizzlies. I gave this out on Twitter the other day or X and, you know, it's it's the same line and it's the same reasoning. I saw exactly what I wanted to see and we're going to go right back to it. Um, Look, he's the Grizzlies. This is a tough matchup for them. It's a good matchup for Jabari. It's a bad matchup for Singoon, realistically. Uh, he kind of struggles in this matchup against like Biombo and Jaron Jackson Jr., whereas Jabari can kind of stretch the floor and he can see that three point shot's really helpful here. Uh, and you see that usage uptick. And you can tell because in the six games he's had against the Grizzlies over the last two seasons, he's exceeded this line in four games in a row. So the thing that I think is important there. The first two games, rookie kind of struggled out of the gate, kind of got his bearings together, and he's looked great. He's made two or more threes in each of them. Uh, and I prefer to take the shooting variance out and take the points here at 12.5, especially because he's got 16, 20, 18, and 20 in those last four games. So I'm comfortable with the 12.5. I think it gives us a little bit more flexibility here. And I don't think that Memphis really has the personnel at this point in time to stress Jabari in the right way because they know that like you really need to attack Sangoon like you have to contain Sangoon uh, and you have to even contain like Tari Eason he got great minutes the other day but Jabari Smith's ability to score from the perimeter is what's going to keep him on the floor and try to stretch out Jaron stretch out Biombo, stretch out that defense so I really like Jabari at over 12 and a half points yeah, I like this spot just because overall, <laughs> Grizzlies are bad, man. Dude, they're bums. <laughs> and, and I really, I really like looking at player props and specific players coming off of really good games against the same opponent. Yeah, because just like you're thinking, I just saw, I just saw this matchup last night. Yeah, what, what's going to be different here? I don't see what would change. A lot of that same mentality goes into the game plans that are being produced on this duplex. Not a lot of time to 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 make adjustments. It's going to be a lot of the same matchups, just on a a, a different night on a on a duplex spot. That's also why when we get to when we get to my end, I'm looking at Keldon Johnson just because it's a 
a guy coming off a really good game, I don't see why he wouldn't get the usage percentage, why he wouldn't get the same looks, why he wouldn't get the same minutes, unless it's some type of blowout or some type something changes within the rotations that may affect said prop. Yeah, agreed. And I mean, even with Jabari in this prop in particular, he scored seven of his 20 points in the fourth quarter. So it's not like Memphis made an adjustment at the end of the game and then he was was like scoreless in the fourth quarter. Like he scored seven points in the fourth quarter. So like he's balling, like he was doing well. I don't know what Memphis is going to really do differently in this game just a day later, realistically. Right. That's exactly right. So talk to me about Victor Wembanyama. All right, so this game, it's another replay, basically, right? But I guess we'll see what happens because Anthony Davis is on the injury report. LeBron is on the injury report. I I kind of anticipated LeBron was going to sit last game. Um, I don't think he'll sit this game. Look, it's the both games were in San Antonio. The last game was on a back-to-back. Him and Anthony Davis have actually been much better about actually playing in these games. And I think, too, like the line is indicative of that. Like we're seeing the line. It's at minus seven now when there was concerns that both these guys were going to sit. We saw minus one for the Lakers. And then when AD played minus three. So minus seven, you're you're talking about you got an extra day of rest there. It's not a back to back. It is still the third game in four days, but they did have that rest day in the middle. Um, I I like this. I like the Lakers in the spot, but I think. Ultimately, the Lakers don't really take a lot of threes. And that's going to give Wemby, who's now playing the five, a ton of opportunities to block some shots because it's not like AD gets blocked because he takes those little bunnies. Like LeBron will get blocked sometimes because he's not throwing it down. He's hitting like he's doing little layups now. So it, it, that's just that's just the nature of the beast, right? Um, and you see between like Austin Reeves, Anthony Davis, LeBron, like they're all like Rui, like they're all trying to get to the rack. And this is a great spot for Wemby. He had six blocks last game, six. And he's gone over this in seven of his last 10. And he's averaging 3.9 blocks per game over the stretch. Like this is the number is just, I I just don't think it's adjusted properly to him playing the five because without Zach Collins in there, he's really man in the interior. He's so long that like guys think they're past him and they're just not like and it's hard for people like you can't like like look i'm not the best i'm not the best actual player like i'm a hustle guy a good i'm a good rebounder like but you know like you think sometimes like you're driving the rack like you got you're trying to get that layup in like you're on a fast break you're you think that you beat everybody and you did not beat him because he's got like an extra foot of wingspan and that's what it is he's just getting these blocks like just because he's long and the two and a half is just too low like i think this should be three and a half plus money i don't mind taking um i don't mind taking a little bit of an alt here as well he had and even if you wanted to pivot to stocks if that's like your thing he had nine last game which is insane just an insane number of stocks so he's been awesome he's really fun to watch and same matchup I, i think the lakers try to attack him a lot so give me two and a half blocks the confidence to contest is gonna be there it's like, I yeah. just saw these guys. I was eating them up. I yeah. was all over the place. My hands were on the rock more times than not. Nine stocks is ridiculous. So the 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 confidence to contest and, and kind of get more involved is going to be there without question. Yeah, I, I like this Wemby, Wemby look. And we'll get to more Wemby when we get to the Rookie of the Year. Since we are touching on the Lakers Spurs, I'm going to go ahead and jump into my play. I'm going to talk about Keldon Johnson official. Over 24 and a half points plus rebounds. Like we've been talking about, this is back to back games for the same, for the same guys. Lakers are in San Antonio here, coming off an awesome game against them in the first spot of the duplex 
Wednesday night. 28 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. 10 of 14 from the floor, 4 of 4 from 3. Did this being fourth in usage as as fourth of the starters in usage for the Spurs at 17.9%, but he led the team in minutes. So coming off a, a sensational game shooting from the floor, 28, went, 28 points, they scored 45 points in the fourth quarter, almost came all the way back, ended up losing that game by three points. Keldon Johnson at home shoots 6.4 threes a game and on the road it's significantly less like around four four and a half in six of his last eight games at home he's at seven plus attempts so the volume is going to be there on the offensive end and coming off a really good game where he got busy against the Lakers I don't see why that usage and that and those numbers and those looks wouldn't go up if anything the reason I'm going points plus rebounds is because he's shown that he can play make, but he's also shown that he can clean the glass quite a bit. Seven plus rebounds in five of eight games. If you go back 10, 12 games deep, he has one, two, three, four, like big time double doubles, 21 and 10, 22 and 11, 22 and 12, 22 and 10. So he's shown that if given the opportunity, he will board. And Joe Dallaire just kind of opened up Pandora's box here a little bit on that. AD's on the injury report. He was on the injury report Wednesday. Coming in, he played. LeBron did not play. They were both on. Is it possible that him and LeBron had a little conversation like, yo, LeBron, I'll play the front end of this San Antonio trip. You play the back end, and then we'll get out of here. I don't have any inside information, but that seems like a really interesting thing. And if AD is not going to be on the glass, I really like Keldon Johnson to clean up in a six, seven plus spot. And then like 19 and six, 20 and six gets us home and gets us to the window. Right now I'm seeing in the market a Keldon Johnson over five and a half rebounds at minus 130. I really like that. That's out there right now as we record this. Give me Keldon Johnson over 24 and a half points plus rebounds. If you want to wait to see what happens with AD, I'm not sure that five and a half rebounds will be around, but you still might be able to get a 24, 25 and a half points plus rebounds. Uh, give me Keldon Johnson, man. I really like this spot. What do you think, JD? Yeah, dude, I like it. I, I totally understand your cap. Um, and I think that, you know, his history has been pretty good, uh, especially over the last 10 games, he's averaging 6.8. So like you said, he's got a couple big, couple big rebound games. And that's some of the variants that you like in those like combo markets where like the floor is like relatively stable, but then they have the upside in both categories. So I do like right. it. I will say... I like I really do think that they both wind up playing. Like I think that LeBron and AD both play. They don't play again until Monday. Like they got some days off and they're going back home. So like they're and they're gonna be playing the Knicks. So like this might just be one of those games like they go, yo, let's just steamroll them early and then like rest the back half or something like that. But I, the line seems that way. But I think you're you just you really don't know. Uh especially with the Lakers who always have their guys on the injury report. Yeah, it is tough. It's tough to because See, you're thinking like, oh, well, we're going to go home. We have a couple of days. We don't play till Monday. And some of these guys are like, yeah, that's perfect. This is a perfect day to get extra extra game off, yeah. extra night off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take, 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 a, take an extra, a little bit of extra time too. Yeah. I'll take it. How about, how about I take an extra day? Give me, how about I get three days off instead of two? So that's a really <laughs> interesting spot. But we'll see about the, uh, the injury report for Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Keep your eye on 
that they were questionable coming in Wednesday. LeBron did not go. Anthony Davis did. Right now, as we record this Thursday night, Anthony Davis is on the injury report, and he is questionable. Any other plays that we missed before we jump into these futures, J.D.? I'm probably just going to be looking at Scotty Barnes' rebounds and assists. It was at 14.5 last game. Same matchup against the uh, against the Atlanta Hawks. He had 16. Uh, it's a pace-up spot. It's a good matchup, but uh, there's no line posted right now. But uh, it's a look, so you'll see it on the Twitter machine. Yes, always. Keep an eye on Scotty and Joe Delera's Twitter Action Network page. He always loads them up. Buckets is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. All right, let's get into these future looks. We'll give a quick like 10, 15 here, and we'll get you guys out of here. So yesterday, before the Knicks game, well, yesterday is Wednesday as we record this, Joe Delera posted a picture of the NBA Rookie of the Year odds and didn't, didn't give much context other than, are we serious right now with this? And on that, on that sheet, on that image, Chet Holmgren was the favorite at, I think I want, I want to say like minus 140, 145. Yeah. And then Wemby was plus money right behind him. Now, it's funny because JD <laughs> didn't give any context on the picture. So people in the comments were guessing all types of stuff. Like, what is, what is <laughs> actually. Jaime Hawkins, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, no, this is perfect time to fire Jaime. I, like, I definitely understand what you're saying, Joe. It's like, no, that's not what I was getting at at all (laughs) if you know me uh, you know it's not like (laughs) yeah exactly so but in that same breath Wemby goes out has a massive game versus the Lakers we just talked about it was on fire from deep nine stocks blocks plus steals was all over the glass had 13 boards and they almost came back and got the W that completely flipped on its head now Wemby is back to being the favorite at minus 150 Joe, is this one of those spots where you just buckle up and wait a little bit longer? To Regardless if you're a Chet or a Wemby guy, it seems like this number might be flipping back and forth every other night, at least through the new year. Yeah, I mean, I think it can definitely move. I I was waiting. I was hoping. I was praying we were going to get a little bit better number on Wemby. But, like, I did hit it. I did hit it a bit. I logged in the action app at plus 105. My thought was this, right? Chet is in, like, the perfect ecosystem for him to thrive. And, like, the numbers are good. The advanced metrics are good. But I, I do wonder to a certain degree, obviously, his impact. Like, when you watch, the impact is there. He's legit. But... I do wonder if some of the underlying advanced stats are uh, by virtue of like the environment. And like it's hard to sometimes parse out like just how much that one player really does 
change those numbers or like if it's a team thing, like whatever, right? And rookie of the year historically is not an award that's based on team achievement because usually the top rookies are going to bum teams. Like they're going terrible teams. Chet is in like a unique situation. For Wemby, the situation is like Pop is literally just said like basically like we're not trying to win. Like and like he's just doing random things. Like the Sohan experiment was insane. Like I understood why he wanted to do it, but I think it was actually like very detrimental to Wemby's development overall, like the numbers that he was putting up. And on a counting spot, his numbers were better in every category than Chet. Like literally every single category in their counting, he's more points, more rebounds, more blocks, like everything. When I look at this now, seeing Wemby at the five and Sohan not running point, I think that we're starting to get to a scenario where this is better for Wemby. Um, and I was like, that explosion just kind of happened to happen like right at the, like right then and there. Right. So it's like, we didn't really get a chance to talk about it because we knew we were going to be potting today, but I do think that this line could bounce back and forth because it's just a little bit sticky. But I think at the end of the day, right, as much as Chet, like as good as Chet is, it does feel like it's Wemby's award to lose. So it's like when he does go out there and have that big night, like it, voters are going to remember those nights. Like those are huge, momentous nights, like where he's balling out against like the superstars in the league. And Chet's doing really good. He's doing that type of thing, but he's not dropping like. 40 a game like that's not like you're not expecting that like it's not something that you're like oh like he could just do this this is the future it's like check and score but like you're looking at more for him it's like a good game's like 18 points nine boards three blocks and like a win so i think that that's the difference between him and Wemby. i I, like what do you think yeah i mean if we're going to talk about just lines without question throughout the i think this is the thing chet's going to be really steady throughout the year yeah Night in, night out. He's not going to be putting up really crazy type boxes like Wimbenyama has the ability to because, first of all, he's going to get a lot more looks. The usage is going to be there. He essentially has a lot more free reign to do what he wants with the Rock than Chet does. Chet's in like more of the the ecosystem, the the Shea Gildas Alexander ecosystem, if we're being honest. Yeah, but yeah. He's a part of that. He's a part of that that ecosystem. So the Chet's going to be steady. The only thing I do worry about when Banyama is, it's hard to, I, I, it's just hard to equate what they're going to do and what they want to do. Yeah. It's going to get really ugly here in a couple months when they have six wins. They're so and bad. And it's like, let's, let's just think big picture here, unless we're just going to run them out and, and play them regardless. That's where it gets a little spooky on what kind of what they decide to do because Chet's going to be playing impactful big time games. And it might be a little more impactful because he's playing in a winning type of situation. But there's going to be games where, well, we just saw it, right? We went two weeks where Wemby was kind of mediocre to below to below level. Yeah. And then he had one game and exploded. And it was almost like a reminder of like, hey, this is the yeah. next guy. We need to make this guy the favorite at minus 150. So yeah. it's going to be a little bit of a roller coaster. I just worry a bit that I don't know what Pop and San Antonio end up doing with him when it comes to their six and forty-five. Yeah, dude, it's and it's real tough to determine that or like go into that. So I think like if you're trying to build a position, 
it's it's tough. Like when you're really looking at a scenario where there's two dudes that are consensus favorites, right? Like it, it, like it's it's a two man race. And the thing about Rookie of the Year compared to all of the other awards is there's no minutes limit or minutes requirement or games right. requirement. So like to me, I think the question that you have to ask is if you're going to be betting anyone else, like any other rookie, do you really like what's the threshold number of games that either Chet or Wemby has to play to like to be eligible to win because I think it's like probably like 50 and we're like we're already we're 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 about a quarter of the way there or we're about halfway to 50 now right so it's like if those dudes play if one of them plays 50 games they're gonna win like I don't see anything from these other rookies that like puts them on the same tier as what Chet and Wemby are doing right now I think that the numbers on these other dudes are like reasonable right like if you think about it like if you if you can get you know uh like scoots like 300 to one again which is like come on like it, like some of these numbers yeah. are crazy but it's like if these got if if chet and Wemby both got hurt like in a week they both got hurt then it's like i wish i had a position on one of these other guys but i think that you're really like betting on an injury which is like yeah, like it, it, like I don't love that, right? But I do think that like the numbers are wrong because like the, when you look at the implied odds of like could this happen based on the numbers that you can get on some of these like really deep long shots, it's not that crazy to see that that could happen. But like, do I want to throw full units on guys at like three hundred to one when I think realistically it's a two man race, like? Not really, but I think that if you wanted to try to insult, like if you have positions on both Wemby and Chet at good numbers, like plus money numbers because of the way the market's fluctuated, I don't hate like taking some of your guaranteed profit because you know one of them's going to win and sprinkling it on some of these other long shots like a Scoot or like a Keontae George. Granted, Keontae George is hurt, so like wait a minute. Um, or like an Asar, or like somebody like that that can just like really, really ball out or has looked really good just in case you want to try to like insulate yourself. Or, you know, if the numbers, if they're really good for the whole season and the numbers kind of come together and you start seeing the odds come together where maybe like one of them's like, five to one and then you know chet and wemby are both around like plus 100 or like you know minus 150 each because it's like there's another guy coming then maybe you can start saying like all right well i'm gonna i don't think they win i know these guys played enough games i'm gonna take what i could win here and like throw it on these other guys that like to enhance that position or so to speak yeah thompson in detroit would be really interesting but he's just in such a bad spot in Detroit and his his top tier part of his game is defense and you're never gonna win rookie of the year playing no, defense. Like, no, it's just not, not fun. It's just not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. You need to be you need to be blocking shots, creating yeah. creating big, big numbers like, and yeah. also protecting the rim like Wimbanyama is. But I'm really impressed with what he's been doing down in Detroit and on the defensive end. He locked up Tyrese Maxey the other night, played really, great. really well. So yeah. I like his game. Out of all the names you, you mentioned, Jaime is not one just purely on the fact that I guess obviously there's Chad and Wimbanyama, but yeah, the, the the price isn't right. 
I mean, dude, Brandon Miller is 250 to one out there. Like he's a dude that like, like the Hornets aren't good. Right. But like, like I said, rookie of the year doesn't really matter for that. So like, he's a dude, like if you didn't have a position on him before you have Chet and Wemby positions at good numbers, I really don't hate like throwing like 0.1. It's 250 to one. Like you could put like 0.1 and win back 25. Like that's the type of position that I want to be adding right now, because I think that if I don't like, I don't think the number right now on Chet is good enough because there's going to be a point. Like if Wemby has like another like monster game in the next like week or two, it's going to move even more towards Wemby. And it took like the, the line was so sticky. It took so long to come where like Chet was favored that like even then Wemby was still only like plus one hundred five. So I think it's I think it's really tough there, but I I don't mind adding a couple of these long shots at like point one units if you know that you got locked in profit with Chet and Wemby already. Let's move over to uh, to make the playoffs. There's a couple of really interesting teams that are right on the fringe that maybe we didn't expect to be on the fringe. The Pelicans were, on, were always on the fringe to start the year, but let's start with the Golden State Warriors. Draymond Green now suspended indefinitely. We'll see where that shakes and and where that when he ends up coming back. But right now, for the Golden State Warriors to make the playoffs, you can get them in the market at plus 106. If you want the option of yes or no on the Golden State Warriors, you can get no at minus 140 for the Golden State Warriors to not make the playoffs. Klay Thompson has been playing really poorly. Wiggins has not been up to snuff. Steph is the only guy that has been the the dynasty Golden State Warrior that's still playing up to par. Give me your thoughts on the Warriors, and would you print a ticket at the yes for plus money, or is is the only way you could look at no here at minus one forty? I mean, I think that uh, I don't think I'd, but I don't, I wouldn't play a yes. And the reason I wouldn't play the yes is I think that the way the West is, the West is pretty stacked, right? So when you're looking at the yes, you. I think right now the West is like it's the it's very it's pretty loaded, right? You got the Wolves looking great, the Thunder looking great, the Nuggets looking great per usual. Dallas looks good, the Lakers look good, the Kings look good, the Clippers look better. Like the Suns are in tenth, like the Warriors are in eleventh. Like who? When you look at the West, it's like you got to pass if you want to put a yes ticket. I don't like the playoff, the make the playoff ticket unless like I think they're going to be in the top six because otherwise you're in the play in. And then like you, me and in the play in is not cashing that to make the playoffs ticket. You got to still win and get out of the play in. So I don't like the variance there, especially for a team like the Warriors where I just don't really buy them this year. I think the Draymond thing is interesting because I listened to, I listened to you guys uh, yesterday or today, like earlier today, and I know like AC like thinks it's better long term for the for the Warriors, right? And and I get it, but at the same time, like I think that you're getting like further down the bench, like more often, um, and maybe that's good for like some of the Kaminga development, development, the Pudzingus uh, development. Um, sorry if I butchered that a little bit, but uh, you're, I think it's good for that. But at the same time, like that's not the dudes that you thought like that's not who you thought this Warriors team was like they seem to have been like this whole season where they're like we can hit the switch like third quarter Warriors like take me home like whatever and it's like bro you're turning that light on that light is out man like like that is like, <laughs> like it's not it's just not working the same way so 
I, I, I would honestly like, I would be more tempted to bet no, but I think that right now the problem is you're because of the Draymond situation, you're not getting a good price on the number, even though like, I think that that's probably the bet that like I, I always would have wanted anyway. Right. Um, I, I think that they're in a really rough spot uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what they wind up doing, um, you know, as the season goes on, but Draymond, like he's going to be suspended for like eight games, nine games, 10 games. Maybe it's, it's a long time. Yeah. I think it's going to be, end up being seven to 10. I think when you're looking at the, the Warriors, First of all, it's a pure play-in spot. The Warriors aren't going to be a top six team in the West, at least for me. When The Minnesota Timberwolves are a mainstay. The Oklahoma City Thunder are a mainstay. And then, of course, we have the, the old guard in the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Kings. Is Phoenix going to wake up and then push their self? They're only, uh, they're only a game back from the sixth. So there's a lot of teams ahead of them that I would put in a pure six-seed straight playoff berth bid way ahead of them now if you think that they do have enough juice to get into the play-in which is not a lock right now they sit 11th in the west three games back of the 10 for the play-in actually i do like them in a play in a play-in scenario versus houston versus potentially the kings versus potentially the pelicans now it gets a little spooky like if they were to see the Kings again? Like, can they? Are they going to be able to do that again? Are they going to be able to push them to seven and beat them? I'm not exactly sure. So, at least right now, the way Clay and the rest of the guys are playing, it would have to be a no for me. But it'd be hard to bet against Steph in a play-in when potentially the other teams are not world beaters. It could yeah. potentially be a banged-up uh, Dallas squad. It could potentially be a young Rockets team. So. Stay tuned, but I would only be printing a no slip at the yeah, moment. It's a little, it's a little gross, and I think the problem is too, right? Like when you look at the Warriors or like most of these teams, like LeBron, like if you, if like the Lakers, for example, you know, he's like, I don't care who we got to trade, <laughs> like let's trade anybody. Like you know, like the Warriors aren't going to do that. Like they're not. Like if they traded Clay, oh my god. Like pro- should they? Probably, but like, are they going? They're not going to do it. I, I just don't see a scenario where they do it. Like, I don't trust that from ownership, right. from management. Like, I don't see that happening. So I'm like, how are they going to get better outside of internal improvement? And then you're like, yo, we got to see big Kaminga minutes in the playoffs. Like, bro, like, come on. <laughs> like, I like, I <laughs> like Kaminga, but I don't want to bet on that. Like, I don't want to yes stick it on that. Right. 100%. Right now, the Warriors are minus 135 across the board. Looks like unanimous. Uh, and a multiple sports book to make the play in is at minus 135. Let's move over to uh, the Pelicans. Spend a few minutes here, and then I want to talk about the Chicago Bulls. The Pelicans right now to make the playoffs are, yes, at minus 134 to make the play in minus 125. So they're saying they got a really good shot to make the play in, to make the playoffs through the play in. Where do you stand on? An unserious Zion Williamson and the Pelicans potentially making the playoffs in the West because I really do love their roster. And when and when Zion is there, even at 85, 90%, they are really good. Yeah, I mean, they're tough. They're they're like that team. They're just they have so much talent and like they're they have so many dudes. And it's just like 
it doesn't feel like it fits. And like, I, I don't know what it is. Like, I, it's hard to pinpoint because they all seem to do something different. You would think that they could all complement each other's games. Like, nobody's really selfish either. Like, I wouldn't look at, the, like, there's no player on that team, I think, that's like really selfish. Like, I think the closest might be Ingram, but even Ingram dishes the rock. So he's not like, it's not the way that you, he's not going to put up like a zero assist game. Like, he's still going to have like a couple. And then Trey Murphy's great. Zion's good. I think that's just like, they're, they're good enough to be in the play in like, and, and, you know, like if they're in any individual matchup, they can always like, they can probably win it. But then like, they have those games, like where it's like the Lakers just came out and just massacred them. So uh, it's their team. I don't want to trust. Um, do I think they'll be around? Yeah. Like, I think they're just, they're just too talented top to bottom where like, if one guy's out, they can kind of fill in. Um, but I, I don't know if I trust them to make it far in the playoffs. Yeah, the the sky is falling for the Pelicans, and they're five and two in their last seven. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> so insane. The, yeah. <laughs> the talent is there. They have seven guys in double figures, all the way down to Jordan Hawkins, who scores eleven and a half. Uh, our guy Herbert Jones, Jonas Valanciunas, Trey Murphy the third, CJ Zion, and Bi all in that twenty point per game range. Those three guys at the top, and Trey Murphy the third is right there at seventeen. So. They do have a lot of talent. They have the attitude. It it all depends on how seriously I believe Zion Williamson is going to take hoops in general. And it's this it's similar to the same conversation we have all the time, every yeah. week, about the Pelicans and Anthony Davis. We've seen it now. When Anthony Davis like is really when I was in Vegas for the NCAA tournament, when I saw him yelling during timeouts, I'm like, oh, this guy's really into it. It was funny because going into the game, I was actually talking to Big Wash, shout out my guy Big Waz at the ringer, and we were like, is this a lose-lose for LeBron? And it was like, no, I think it's a lose-lose for Anthony Davis. Because really? no matter no matter what happens here, if he shows up and has a monster game just exactly like he did, first thing that comes to mind is, where the fuck is this guy every night? <laughs> and, then, and then if he doesn't show up, it's like, of course, AD didn't show up. Yeah. So... It's a really interesting situation with both of those guys, but Anthony Davis is starting to come on here. Zion still seems very unserious. I think that's the best way to put it yeah. when it comes to when when it comes to hoops for him. Yeah, it's been it's a it's a, it's a rough watch sometimes cuz like he had that little stretch where he was awesome. He had like a seven game stretch. He was awesome. And then it's like, I don't, I just don't understand what happened because he's has good matchups too. And then he just doesn't come through. So, you know, it's, it, he's very frustrating. Like I don't ban players, but for like player prop betting anyway, but like, he's yeah. a guy that I just like, I'm like, ah, like, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you know, tough to trust. he's tough to trust. And uh, it makes it tough to trust the Pelicans. Yeah. Without question. Let's talk about the Chicago Bulls. Dude, no Zach this Levine, is, man. <laughs> this is an absolute different basketball team without Zach Levine on the roster. Last 11 games without Zach Levine, some of them are with Zach Levine, like three or four, but still, top 10 offensive rating basketball team, something that I thought I would never say throughout the year. Kobe White has been playing absolutely lights out in December. He has been so good, so efficient. Mm-hmm. The, the pace is starting to pick up. The offense is, it's almost like we don't have to worry about getting this guy and keeping this guy happy in Zach Levine. We could just free flow and play ball. Io DeSumo is running the floor. Even even uh, Big Vooch 
seems a lot more free and not worried about different rotations on defense. Yeah. And everyone's just playing freer basketball. You can get the Chicago Bulls right now to make the playoffs at plus 390. Maybe that is a stretch. But you can also get the Chicago Bulls to make the play-in at plus 155. I believe that is a really good number for the Chicago Bulls, for a team right now that sits 12th in the East, but they have tw- uh, they have 10 wins. They're behind Atlanta, who's 9-14. and 14. The Bulls are 10-16. and 16. A team in the Chicago Bulls that plays really well at home. They, they struggle on the road like a lot of bad teams do, but this team, the last 10, is a lot different. 5-5 five and five over that stretch. If you haven't been paying attention to the Bulls, they have been really good the last handful of games since Zach Levine went to the bench. Now, the top six teams in the East are going to be mainstays, right? Boston, Milwaukee. I think Orlando is going to finish in the top six. Yeah, legit. Philly. Indiana, can they hold on and continue to just try to blow people off the floor? We will see, but the Knicks are right there. But even that, right? So I'm already talking about are these teams going to be able to hang around at the five? Then we have Miami, Brooklyn, Cleveland. Donovan Mitchell cannot wait to get out of there. Bro, he's dying to get out. He's dying to get out of that place. He can't. He cannot wait to get out of there. You could see it on his face. You could see it on a night to night basis. Um, Toronto, what do what are they? What do they do? So I think at the plus one fifty five mark, that is a a fair number. I would print a ticket on the Bulls plus three ninety to make the playoffs, but plus one fifty five I like for the Bulls uh, yeah. to participate in the plan. I don't hate that. You know, like just. Like it's funny because the management saying like we want win now players. I'm like, bro, like, <laughs> what do you think's gonna happen here? Like, you're selling right. Zach Levine, like, whatever. I, I think because of the way management's viewing whatever they try to trade Zach Levine for, because that's the way that's like the writing on the wall, right? Um, and like they're talking about DeRozan. I think that's the risk is really if they move Levine and they move DeRozan, is this a scenario where you're like, oh, like, is this bad? Or like, can they still make a push with what they have on the roster? I think that's that's definitely the concern. But I think that, you know, I, they, they ought to be able to get a couple guys back, maybe some younger guys, some prospects, some of those guys like to have fun. East is not very strong, uh, especially at the bottom. So I think like if you're, ba- you're, ba- you're basically making a bet, are they going to be the 10 seed? And I don't think it's crazy when you think about the fact that Toronto could blow it out, could blow it up. Atlanta just, just, it looks like they can never get it together. Um, and like, that's it. Like that's, that's who you need to get past. And then, then you're in the 10 seed. So I don't think it's like totally out of the question uh, at that number. Um, so I, I don't, I don't hate it. And like, I think, you know, like you'll keep guys like Kobe white. Um, you probably keep Vooch just cause like, I don't know if anybody wants him. Uh, but like, you know, that, yeah. that's kind of look you're I looking mean, at. And and if we're being honest, he Vooch is not the best big, but he's also on a friendly deal, like right around yeah. twenty mil, right? So I think he's fine. It's not yeah. a crazy, crazy dent, and he's been playing better without. The team looks like a completely different team. It's yeah. such a massive indictment on Zach Levine. What is going on with the Chicago Bulls right now? Yeah. They are so happy to be playing basketball without having to figure out the mood swings and what Zach Levine wants on a possession to possession basis without yeah. question. hundred so, percent. We'll leave buckets there. Friday edition, Joe Delaire with me, Sean little to recap 
I am going with Keldon Johnson over 24 and a half points plus rebounds for the Friday NBA best bet slate. Joe DeLayer is going Knicks plus five and a half. Julius Randle over eight and a half boards. Jabari Smith over 12 and a half points. Victor Winbanyama over two and a half blocks. And keep an eye on Joe DeLayer's Twitter and Action Network app. He may have a play for you on Scotty Barnes, depending on what number releases there. For Joe Delera, I am your host, Sean Little. We are presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. And don't forget it, baby. Get buckets. We'll see y'all next week. Have a good weekend. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.